The broadcast you're about to hear was made possible because somewhere a radio friend made the choice to give. You too can become a radio friend to someone in need of an encouraging word right now. Just visit walkwiththeking.org and click the donate button. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How are you? Or as I usually say, how in the world are you? (laughs) You know I care how you are. Well, beloved, we're looking at Romans 16. Paul has been talking about Phoebe, a diaconos, a servant of the church at Sancria. And uh, he points out that she has been a a succorer, that's a prostatus, a person who officially is delegated to caring for the affairs and wants of others and aiding them from her own resources. Small thought here. The index of how much help you are to somebody else is your willingness to assist them from what you do have at hand you know the old uh, the old saw about the two people who said if you had a million dollars would you give me half yes i would if you had half a million dollars would you give me half of that yes i would if you had a hundred dollars would you give me 50 yes i would if you had a dollar would you give me 50 cents oh go on now you know i got a dollar when it comes right down to what's in my pocket or in my bank account or in my tool chest or whatever it may be, when it comes right down to what I have right now, then the question of helping somebody else looks a little different, doesn't it, from the academic way in which we talk about helping people. This is Proverbs 3.27, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. And you could... could, Uh, insert the word now, when it is the power of thine hand to do it now. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give, when thou hast it by thee right now. So this whole matter of uh, this lady Phoebe and the fact that she had helped people boils down to the fact that she helped them from her own resources. And the index, as I said, of your real value to other people boils down to the question, what have you done for others with what you had at hand? It's a pretty good question to ask, isn't it? Now, he goes on in Romans 16:3, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. Now there, the word helper has to do with helping with the work. Um, and it's the Greek word sun ergus, which means work with. Helpers, they work with me. If you're going to help people, how do you approach it? Well, you find out the job that needs to be done and, and what they are involved in, and then you work alongside of them without getting in their way, without taking over, without giving orders, but you, you work with them. This is a delicate process. Our tendency is to take over, isn't it? You know so well how to build this house or fix this car or 
or repair this flat tire or paint this room, whatever it may be. And in the process, you say, come here, I'll help you. Well, what you really do oftentimes, if you're anything like me, we tend to take over. Now, that isn't helping, you see. Not in this sense. It says working with the other person. Now, in spiritual matters, for example, how can you be a helper to someone who is trying to serve God? Well, let's say that he has some calls to make. You say, I'll go with you. And so you go with him, but you don't, you don't take over the conversation. You let him do the talking. And you let him lead the prayer. And if there is a, a, a question of, of, uh, of leading somebody to Christ, you let the other person uh, put the questions that have to do with leading a person to commit themselves to the Savior. But your, your assistance is that you are with them. And you were encouraging, not getting in the way, but working along with them. Try this now in the day that lies before you. Some of you hear this at night, so you can try it tomorrow when you wake up. But for the most part, our audience is made up of people who listen in the morning. So you've got a day ahead of you. Look around you as you go on through the day and find people with whom you can work, with whom you can work. You can help to lift the burden a little. Not by taking over, not by getting in the way, not by being officious, but simply by lifting the load with them. This is what Paul the Apostle said that Priscilla and Aquila had done. My helpers in Christ Jesus. How do you encourage a person in Christ? How do you work with them? in the things of eternity. Have you given any thought to that? Well, first of all, I think you need to establish rapport so the other person feels safe with you and comfortable with you. There are some folk who, when they approach you, 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 you just have the sensation of stiffening a little, somehow or other, in your backbone, and you, you feel apprehensive. Have you ever had that experience? Somebody approaches you and you feel yourself getting on the defensive before they ever say a word because you know they're apt to be critical of you. So if you're going to help somebody in the things of eternity, it means you have to work at establishing rapport so they feel safe with you and feel comfortable with you. Now that takes time. Just to spend time with people. Before you can ever witness to your neighbor, you have to help him pull up his weeds or repair his fence or fix his lawnmower or whatever it may be. You have to be with him until he feels comfortable with you. I can recall talking with a man in church and finding him strangely diffident and unresponsive and almost hostile. I knew, however, that he ran a garage, and so the following week I looked him up, dropped into his garage, and began to talk shop with him. I used to work on cars when I was in college, and I knew a thing or two about it, and so I began to talk with him about the work that he was doing. He had an automobile there where he was doing an entire engine overhaul. He had the cylinder head off, and the, and the oil pan had been dropped off, and the pistons and the connecting rods were uh, taken out. And uh, he, had a, uh, 
He had a, a huge uh, re-boring machine uh, fitted into the cylinder block there and was working on it. And so I said to him, how many thousands oversize are you boring this? And he looked at me oddly. and He said, oh, about seven. And, uh, but he smiled. And I knew that, that he felt good about the fact that here was somebody who appreciated what he was doing. I said, you know, this is more work than the average person realizes, isn't it? People grumble about their garage bills, but they don't realize the work that is involved in taking a motor apart. I said, just, just to take apart a motor is a job. Drain the, uh, the fluid out, take off the valve cover, unscrew the, the cylinder head, uh, uh, drop the oil pan. Remember to drain the oil first or it all goes over into your, your face when you're lying under there. <laughs> drain the oil, drop the oil pan, uh, unfasten the connecting rods and uh, pull the pistons and then take the, the piston rings off the piston. And if, the, if there's a little uh, play in the wrist pins, you fit new wrist pins. Or if you're going to rebore the the motor, you get new pistons and new piston rings and new wrist pins, and you have to put that all together, and it has to fit. <laughs> the man looked at me. He said, "You do understand, don't you?" By this time, he was completely relaxed. No more hostility. No more diffidence. No more withdrawing from me. He was my friend. Here, I had walked into his shop, and I appreciated what he was doing. I've had the same experience in a body shop. I'd go into a, into a, a, a body repair shop and I'd say to somebody, you know, the average person doesn't realize all you have to do here. You have to, not only do you have to get the dents out of that uh, fender, but then you have to sand it down and uh, put on a coat of primer and then you have to sand that down and smooth it and then you have to put on a coat of, of paint first having matched it completely so that the color is an exact match. And then you have to sand that down after it dries. And finally you put on another coat. And uh, you, you, it's a lot of work. Man said, boy, I didn't think you knew about that. <laughs> well, you don't have to know much about, uh, let me put it this way, you don't have to know everything about a person's work to show him that you appreciate what he's doing. Right? I came to, for dinner the other day to somebody's house and I just gave a quick look around and I could see that everything in that house was shining. Now, the average, the average man misses these things and I'm pretty average. I don't bother examining uh, the condition of the house in which I happen to be visiting. But it struck me as I just looked at the house, I could see everything was shining. It was beautifully uh, cleaned and ready and so I looked at the hostess and I said, you know, you have broken your back to make this house shine. I can see that you really have worked hard to make it beautiful. And I know, I said, that that sort of thing doesn't do itself. You must have worked very hard to get ready for this occasion. And she looked at me with some appreciation. She said, well, Mr. Cook, yes, I did work. But she said I wanted it to be nice when you came. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think she appreciated the appreciation. <laughs> there was a sense of, of relaxation at that point. We understood each other, you know. Now, when I, what I'm talking about is this, this word working with people. The start of it is to establish rapport where people feel comfortable with you. 
You have to find a way to do that. There isn't any textbook that will give you one, two, three procedure on this. But find what a person is interested in, find what burdens him, find what he is trying hard to achieve, whatever it may be, and establish some sense of being comfortable with each other. Somewhere I read that if you're going to compliment a person, don't compliment him on what he knows he's doing well. Compliment him on what he's trying to achieve. That's a pretty good idea, isn't it? You come into a, a, a shop that's uh, r- being run well and you can see that everything is under control. You go into the boss's office and you say, man, you run a tight ship here. Everything seems to be going so well. And he'll probably just grunt and say, yeah, I know. But if you look up on the sideboard there behind his desk and you see a, a plaque that's dedicated to the golf duffer of the year, then you smile and you ask him, how's your golf? And he relaxes a little. He says, well, I'm still trying to break 80. <laughs> the old saying is, when you break 100, watch your golf. When you break 80, watch your business. But in any case, you have talked to him about something that he's trying to accomplish. You get the idea? If you're going to work with somebody, you're going to have to spend some time establishing rapport. Then you can talk about things that count for eternity. Dear Father, today, make us helpers. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.